be on guard, be alert. That's what I want to focus on from verse 33. Those of you who belong to a health club have no doubt have met some intense aerobic instructors. They get paid to keep people like us in shape. We come limpering to the workout floor, bone tired after a hard days of work, or barely awake from the night's sleep. They shout at us, on your toes, stretch, move those muscles. Then for an hour, they run us through some of the most strenuous exercises imaginable. They're intense for a reason. They're helping us to get in shape and to keep in shape. This is one of the functions of Advent as well. And so here at the beginning of the church here, we are reminded that while faith is a gift through Jesus, it takes some work to keep that faith vibrant and strong. Be on guard. Keep awake. Our Lord tells us today, cruel? Well, some consider that cruel. In fact, they, they took those words so seriously, thinking that Jesus was going to return but only to be disappointed because months stretched into years and into decades and no sign of his return. But these words, be on guard, be alert, were words that were spoken in love for the church. Jesus spoke these words to us who, who tire so easily And to those, I think, who are so accustomed of instant gratification. And so as that first candle was lit to wait, I think Jesus, or the image of on your toes, comes to your mind. And if you think you do not have a problem with this instant gratification, how do you like it when your Amazon packages don't arrive on time? I mean, after all, you pay for a service that they promise that you get your package on time and it doesn't. That's the world we live in. And so Jesus tells us today to slow down. To slow down. To think of the things that are most important. The disciples pressed Jesus about when this is going to happen, when Jesus is going to return. And notice what Jesus responded. He says, the day or the hour, no one knows. Not even the angels. Not even the Son. But only the Father. And then the command again, be on guard. So our task 
is to prepare ourselves for the ready of the coming of the Christ child and what that means to us and then for that final day when he comes in all of his glory. You know, I think at times we like to wrap God up into a neat package, to a neat package. And in that neat package, we think that God should meet our expectations. And then we bemoan the fact that God doesn't do what we think is proper. But Jesus knows best. You see, it's not our responsibility, sorry, it's not God's responsibility to live up to our commands. It's our responsibility to live up to his. We are on his calendar. God is not on ours. And so for that, we wait. Just as two short things about this waiting. Because it can cause, I think, a couple things to happen. The first is that we can get lulled into a false sense of security as we wait. Is he really going to come? And so then the temptation might be so great to look elsewhere, to give in to the ways of the world, to think, well, I have years left, I can prepare then. But one does not know the day that the Lord's going to call you home. One does not know the day that Christ is coming back. I think the second danger is hopelessness. We go weary of waiting on the Lord. Life then becomes weary. And when we cease to wait on God, we lose hope. And when we lose hope, then our faith struggles and we begin to question. And so this morning as we start Advent, I want us just to briefly, let's let's look at a few signs to keep us focused of his return, but to help us in our waiting. It can be one simple light on a wreath that's to be joined with the others to where we'll see a circle of fulfillment. The empty manger awaits our king. An open book with words of encouragement to its readers to love, to trust, and to believe. Bread and wine on the altar reminds us of his words of the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. A congregation of fellow saints filled with love and fellowship and encouraging one another. It's easy to slip back into the old routines of life, isn't it? 
I mean, just think of this. Think of any business. We can put the church in it too. If you're looking forward to plan the next year, you usually ask, or one may ask the question, well, what did we do last year? And then we go ahead and plan that for the coming year, expecting different results. Waiting for the Lord is different. It is always future-focused. But it's based on the present with the gifts he has given to you. God desires all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of him. Our text says to watch because we have a precious gift waiting for us. I want to get personal here for a moment. Do you have family and friends in your circles who do not know Jesus or have never said that they love him and trust him? Would you like to see them in heaven with you? The only assurance you can have on this side of the resurrection is to hear that public confession from him. And so during this holiday season or whatever time the Lord presents to you, why don't you ask? It will be uncomfortable. But don't you want the peace in your heart knowing that as you watch and you wait that your loved ones and friends will be with you in heaven? That's what Advent does to us. It prepares us for a glorious home when all of God's loved ones are with him. Watch, wait, stand on your toes, for he is coming. Amen.